0: The following message by Shane Sowers is brought to you by Central Baptist Church, Aurora, Colorado. www.cbcaurora.com uh, Micah chapter 1 verses 5 to 7. This is part 2 of where judgment begins. So Micah comes in and he is going to present Uh, an oracle from the Lord talking about judgment. So while you're turning to Micah chapter one, verses five to seven, there is a rock musician that goes by the name of Marilyn Manson. He said, resistance always will be the first thing to fuel the fire when we are young. That's how I learned about heavy metal music. They would have these seminars in Christian school, did you guys know that? He used to go to a Christian school in high school. They would have these seminars in Christian school saying, "This is what you're not supposed to listen to." So I immediately went out and bought it. Rebellion is a reality. Rebellion is everywhere. Rebellion is per- pervasive. it's contagious. Influential. Rebellion is at the core of our flesh. It is that thing that rises up and arouses all that's sinful in us. It arouses all that is indifferent to the will and to the ways of the Lord. It just simply arouses all that's bad in us. It excites us, it motivates us, but it's all the things that's bad in us. You know, my. A couple of days ago, uh, me and Janine, we watched the Elvis, the new Elvis movie that came out. Um, we watched it a couple days ago. And the thing that you see from the very beginning is that, yeah, he was a talented musician for sure. And, and he had ability, all this stuff. I mean, would he have made it? Yeah. But a lot of what we saw in the movie that started the phenomena was the pure rebellion of this singer-actor. What is he, a singer or is he an actor? I can't, I can't even remember. Oh, he's both. Oh, okay, so you're allowed to be both. Okay. <laughs> what we saw, though, in this account is the more the rebellion, the more the attention, the more the connection he would have with the people, the more the draw the more the motivation to run out and buy. I can't even remember my grandmother telling me, oh, Shane, you don't understand. Did you know that when Elvis came out and he was on TV, that the TV would only show from his waist up? Because the wiggle apparently drove women crazy. You know, the wiggle. It was that wiggle thing that he did. The wiggle was forbidden. But see, here's the thing, family. It has not changed And now the formula is out. Because what is the reality that we learn from Elvis? We learn and we've been learning throughout all of history. Rebellion is money. Rebellion is money. This is why today, even when there is rebellion, it's not really true rebellion in the spokesperson. Do you know why? It's not true rebellion in, in the, from that coming from the spokesperson of the rebellion, okay? Because we know that this is what needs to be done because this is what you do to get notoriety, to get attention. Rebellion is what you do to get sales, to get significance, to get attention. It's something that you use to get inclusion, to get acceptance. Did, did you know that it's used to get attention? Did you see that? Did, did I say that? Did you get that? Did you hear that? It's also used to get attention. Attention. Because for many of the rebels that are out there, what they are rebelling against is not what they would even allow at their own front door. You notice that? That's how you know this is like a money, it's a scheme, it's, a, it's an attention thing, it's all this kind of stuff, it's not all that stuff. Because they're pushing for this rebellious stuff that's happening, but they won't even let it go on in their own house. Oh yeah, they're pushing for all this rebellion to happen in neighborhoods. Do they live in that neighborhood? No. Rebellion is why? Because rebellion sells. Rebellion causes people to become motivated. It causes many to rise up and say, that, that message, oh, it resonated with me. But what it actually did was just spark and ignite all the rebellion that's already in you. That's the reality when it comes to rebellion. So, today, if we really think about it, we want rebellion because rebellion sells, but we don't want this rebellion even in our own home. But yet, we cannot help but see why rebellion sells because rebellion res- resonates with all of us. It resonates with all of us. Do you know that you didn't have to teach your kids how to rebel? That's how you know it comes naturally to us. We didn't have to learn this stuff. Nobody had to teach us these things. A powerful thing it is, this thing called rebellion. With powerful consequences, though. You know, powerful consequences. I mean, really, consequences it was bad according to this movie that we watch it was one of the big reasons why Elvis got shipped off to Germany oh let's reward him for all the wiggling that he did on TV let's send them to Germany consequences to the rebellion not only do we face the possibility of suffering consequences here and now though we will and I repeat will suffer the consequences eternally wait 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 Shane come on this is the 21st century man Are you still going to suggest that God will still judge us because of our sin? That's kind of a weird, archaic thing, don't you think? I know. I see it. We hear it. We hear many a preacher today tell us that there's not going to be any judgment. There's not going to be any condemnation. I actually heard one even say, hey, Guys, I know deep down in my heart, I know it for a fact, deep down in my heart, that God is not going to judge us. Now, what does the Bible tell us about the heart? Deceitful, isn't it? <laughs> That's why, family, I, I, just, I despise that saying that goes around our culture today. Just trust your heart. No, the Bible tells you don't trust your heart. Don't trust your instincts. Trust in the Lord. Trust his word. Okay, that was a quick one. I know in my heart that God will not condemn people in hell. There's no way. And also, you know, this isn't like the first century. You know, this is a first century medieval method for people of power to get control over the people. Right? This is what they're saying. All this this hell and damnation, stuff that you're preaching. It's just the opiate of the masses, Karl Marx, right? So Shane, you still gonna preach this? You still gonna preach on God's judgment? You still gonna tell people about what God is gonna do? You still gonna do that? Because the reality of a coming judgment is real. Not only is it real, it's gonna be terrible. terrible. But Shane, come on. I mean, isn't, didn't God like have a transformation? You know, like God in the Old Testament matured into the God of the New Testament? He was wrathful in the Old Testament, but now he's mellowed out, he's matured, and he's cool with everything. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're thinking God, the, the Old Testament God is the judging God and the New Testament God is the, the loving God, stop doing this. But just in case you, you're doing it, here's some New Testament scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 2 Timothy 4, 1. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. And Jude 14 to 15, Jude 14 to 15. Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against them. And we're not going to say anything about that? Do we believe that the Bible is the word of God? Well, if we believe that the Bible is the word of God, this is what God says. And the last time I checked, when God says something, he means it. I I haven't seen an oracle of one of the prophets where he prophesies judgment and then at the end just says, just kidding. And we will cry out. Why will the Lord come to judge? Family, it's because of our rebellion. It's simple. This truth is not a new one. We have seen it before. We saw the Lord bring judgment upon the nations because of their rebellion. He did it once, and he will do it again. Micah chapter 1 verses 5 to 7. Micah chapter 1 verses 5 to 7. And why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel. Yes, the sins of the whole nation. Who is to blame for Israel's rebellion? Samaria, its capital city. Where is the center of idolatry in Judah? In Jerusalem, its capital. So I, the Lord, will make the city of Samaria a heap of ruins. Her streets will be plowed up for planting vineyards. I will roll the stones of her walls into the valley below exposing her foundations all her carved images will be smashed all her sacred treasures will be burned these things were bought with money earned by her prostitution and they will now be carried away to pay for prostitutes everywhere the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our god stands forever let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path god i pray that uh, you will continue to help us uh, to be transformed by the truth that is your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're taking notes, the first thing we're going to look at today is the reason why God had to come down to bring judgment on the high places. The second thing we're going to look at is the reality of the judgment and the extent of how far God is going to go. Finally, we will see the plan of God to redeem his people from all the fallout through his wonderful eminence as the word became flesh, And dwelt among us. So, our thesis statement today is this, and again, the thesis is me trying to summarize the sermon in one sentence. Though sin and the pattern of this world causes us to lose sight of the reality of the judgment of God for our sins, it is the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of Scripture that will cause us to see the horror of the judgment of God and the salvation we have through Christ and through Christ alone. So, the first thing we're going to look at today is the reason. The reason. The judgment of God is coming. He's made that really clear at the very beginning. Last week we talked about that. The judgment of God is coming. He is leaving his place of transcendence to come down and bring awesome judgment on the world, starting with Israel and Judah. He is the mighty and eminent God who will tread upon the high places of the earth, Our transcendent God is coming to bring a judgment that's described as mountains melting like wax in a fire and water flowing down a hill. Dr. McKay writes, as when a violent rainstorm washes all before it down the valley. This is a graphic description of the tremendous forces unleashed when the Lord comes to judge the earth. Nothing escapes the impact of his presence. The awesome reality will be completely realized. When God comes to judge, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) and It's going to happen. That's the main thing we got to remember, it's going to happen, and it's going to be awesome. So why the judgment? Why is God coming down to do this? Micah tells us here. Some of your translations will say, all this. Some of your translations will say, why should this be? Or some of your translations will say, why is this happening? Why is God coming down to judge us? Because of the bishah, the transgression. Or better, the rebellion. God is coming to judge because of our rebellion. You see that? I know it sounds so simple. It's like, man, Shane, we've heard it before. Have you? God is coming to judge because of our rebellion. A rebellion. The sins of the nation. The sins of the nations will be judged. But more specifically, something else is pictured here. Who is responsible for the rebellion of Israel? Remember, he asked the question, who's responsible for this? The rebellion in Samaria, the rebellion in Judah, who's responsible for this? Micah tells us. The rebellion of Israel, and who is responsible for all this despicable idolatry of Judah? Samaria and Jerusalem, its capital cities. Now again, you've got to understand when it comes to Scripture, uh, Scripture always uses figurative language. All right, So remember, we're, we're talking about um, principles of hermeneutics as to how you interpret Scripture. So we see here what's pictured is something called a metonymy. Okay, Metonymy, figurative speech that renames something of close relation to the name. Okay, think about that, right? Because if you just think, the capital of Samaria, or the capital of Israel, Samaria, the capital of Judah, Jerusalem, it's not that Jerusalem as the city rose up and started to sprinkle sin on the country. So we know already that when he says the capital of of Israel, the capital of Judah, he's already using figurative language. So the thing is, is that it's renamed something of close relation to the name. What is the capital signifying? The capital of the nation signifies, here we go, leadership. Whoa. Did you guys hear that? Leadership. The capital of the nation signifies leadership. Who is responsible for Israel's rebellion and Judah's idolatry? It's leaders. The people that are in charge are responsible for all that's happening. Now, the entire nation is going to be judged All the people are going to be judged. And the reason why all the people in this nation is going to be judged, it's because of leadership. And we have seen throughout all of human history, it's not just here, all of human history, corrupt leadership will indeed infect the entire land. It always does. Do we see the importance of leadership today? Why this is important? Why those who are leading us, who are leading our country, who are leading the church? You know, this this right here points squarely at, you know, me, Don, and Steve, and the deacons. I'm going to throw the deacons in there, too. If I'm going down, I'm taking all y'all with me. This is pointing at us. This is a wake-up call for us. You know, that's the reality. I mean, if God is going to come down and he's going to judge Central Baptist Church, you better believe it's going to be my fault and God is going to take it out on me. Oh yeah, the Bible talks about that. The leadership are going to be judged more harshly, more strictly. We are one day going to have to give an account. See the importance of leadership and many of our leaders today have forgotten the responsibility, and who it is that we will someday report to. Now in Samaria, we see the leaders leading the people into rebellion and sin against the Lord, not leading them into true obedience to the Lord. Instead, they are poisoning the land with teachings and methods that cause them and their people to rebel against the law of God in order to achieve their evil desires, now that's the problem, right? We've heard it said before. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. It's just there. Just there. And so what happens is the leaders, in order to fulfill their desires, to get what it is they want, they brought corruption into the land, not realizing that when they do that, it's going to bring corruption into the hearts and minds of the people. And the people will destroy themselves. Oh, Yeah. People that are in leadership today got to recognize and realize that all the stuff that we're doing, all the compromise, all the side deals, all the backdoor agreements, all those types of things that's happening, we don't think that it's actually going to affect the people. Oh, absolutely it's going to affect the people. Dr. McKay, he writes, Micah is implying that if you go up to Jerusalem, what you will find there is not the true temple of the Lord, but just as in Samaria, something that has been distorted and debased through the influences of Canaanite worship and and amounts to nothing more than a pagan shrine. The leaders in Jerusalem were leading the people of the land, people of Judah, into the horrible practice of idolatry. Rebellion. Rebellion and idolatry in Samaria too. And we see rebellion and idolatry in Judah. Idolatry. Now again, I always tell individuals, yes, it always perplexed me. Why is it that people are always bowing down to these idols? Why was Jerusalem always... Suspect to that. Why were they always going to the temple? Why were they always going to the shrines? Why Were there, you know, it was just like some kind of draw. Did that, did that Asherah pole or whatever it is, that statue, did it have some kind of crazy draw that would cause them to bow down and worship? No. What we don't realize, and you got to understand this, you got to see this, you see this throughout all the scripture, is the reason why idolatry was so. Uh, it, it was so tempting for the people of Israel. Why idolatry is so tempting for us today? Why does this worshiping of other gods, why is this such a big deal? Why are we so drawn to it? It's the, what I've said before, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll aspect of Canaanite worship. Idolatry. The sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Because part of the worship when it was time to worship in Canaanite worship when it was time to worship these false gods it always included the best music oh man the best bands of the time were brought and they were there playing doing their thing and everyone's listening to the best music that man this this band is great this was better than last week's band I mean I mean this is there there's going on with music oh Shane but music that's not addicting it's not, I, I, I'm with the, you know, I was in the same situation as Marilyn Manson. I went to a Christian high school. You should have saw the, what happened to all us teens when the teachers were trying to take our CDs from us. You, it would think that when somebody pulled the CD out of your hand that they took an organ from your body. The crying, the writhing, the, uh, no, it's horribly addicting. You know what else they had when it came to worship? They also had the best chemicals. Oh, man, talk about chemical romance. (sighs) They had the best chemicals. They had the stuff, you know. They had stuff that would blow away stuff that we have today. Oh, yeah. And people wanted it. Altered state of consciousness, forgetting the issue, all that stuff. And not only that, but you know what part of the worship is? Part of the worship was that you would engage in sex with the prostitutes. Now, understand Canaanite worship. There was was a, a, I can't remember what it was in my culture, one of the culture anthropology uh, uh, books that I read. The, The understanding was, is that in the Canaanite period, did you know that It was actually a curse for you to be one of the most beautiful women in the world. It was a curse. Like today, if you're the most beautiful woman in the world, you're celebrated. Now, in in the times, in the Canaanite nations, if you were, wow, she is definitely one of the most beautiful women in the world, she gets to be a part of the prostitution that happens at the temple, Yeah, so here you are, Israel, you're a guy (laughs) and you're walking up and here you have rows and rows of the most beautiful women you've ever seen and you get to engage in sexual activity. This is what I'm talking about. This is the draw of idolatry, the draw of it. And family, it's the same way today. And that's where I think that we lose it. This is where we, I think that we are deceiving ourselves in thinking that, come on, Shane, there's, there can't be that, that kind of, the same kind of stuff that happened back then happening today. They can't seem to shake it back then. They can't seem to break it back then. They always seemed to take it back then. Addicted to sex, addicted to drugs, addicted to music. They were powerless. This is why um, the proverb says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. This is Proverbs 25, 28. If you're taking notes, Proverbs 25, 28. You will not have the ability to defend yourself. And constantly I have this happen in my office. I'm sitting as a pastor talking to an individual and they all say the same thing. Man, Shane, I don't know what happened. All I know is that I was trying to flee temptation, but I just couldn't help myself. And man, I just did this one thing one time and now my entire life is ruined. It all starts with the simple fact You can't say no, bro. You can't say no. If you cannot tell yourself no, then your walls will not grow and you will never be in control. That's a song right there. Somebody help me write that. That, That's a hard thing, family. If you can't tell yourself no, you you know what I'm saying? If you think about our culture today, Think about society today. We're just a bunch of people who can't tell ourselves no. This is a bad thing. This is going to have consequences. This is going to ruin your life. I know, but yes. I just gotta. I owe it to myself. That's why that advertising stuff just is really bad. You deserve to have this. Sure, it's going to cost you $5,000, but you deserve to have this. I don't have $5,000. We can put it on layaway. We can give you a credit card. You sign up. We'll, you qualify for our credit card. We'll put it. You can put it. You can make payments on this stuff. You can have it now because you deserve it. Because really, how many times do we really actually tell ourselves No if we really believe we deserve it. Like, man, you know I deserve that. It's given to you. No. Yeah, that doesn't happen very much, does it? It's all, it's all psychology. They know what they're doing. If you can't say no, then you are like a city with broken down walls. You will get ransacked, you will be controlled, you will destroy your life. And as we look at our culture and our society today, could we say that we are characterized as people of rebellion and idolatry? Man, yeah, all over the place. I always say this. One of the famous TV shows that people watch today, even on social media, is American Idol. We see continued rebellion we see continued idolatry can can we see the continued rejection of the moral laws of God it's almost as if society today has put the 10 commandments up on a wall and said okay society this is what we need to do we need to figure out a way to break all these doesn't it seem like that like everything society is going after today, it's all, it seems like they're purposely centering in, focusing all their attention on the laws of God. The rejection of God by the denial of his existence, by those who, who call themselves atheists. The rejection of the way we worship God by so many of the false churches who blaspheme the worship of God by offering their own practice of strange fire. The continued false... Use of the name of God by connecting it with continued fallacy, lies, and presumption, even to the point of saying God told you when you don't even really know if he did or not. The so, so, so many who do not keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Many in our day who do not honor those who are in authority. The many today who kill. The many today who commit adultery. The many today who steal. The many in our culture today who lie. And the oh, so many in In our culture, who covet and covet and covet coveting. Man, I'm telling you. But but Shane, this is this is America, Jack. You know, we're we're all about we're all about the morality. (laughs) We're doing better than other countries. Man, who covet and covet and covet coveting. (laughs) And I say this all the time. It's like even our whole economic political structure, uh, economic structure, capitalism. Man, our country would collapse if all of a sudden every day, one day we all woke up and everyone stopped coveting. (laughs) Just imagine what would happen to our economy, if Monday morning everyone wakes up and everyone's content with what they got. Structurally, we're seeing this. Structurally, it's being built upon this. Now, again, this is not me saying that capitalism is of the devil. Because I think, it, I mean, it definitely works. But does it have to work the way we're working it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like we need to sell, buy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we still need to have that stuff. But is it coveting? Is it because we're not content? An idolatry family, it's rampant. How can this be, Shane? We don't bow down to statues anymore. We don't need a graven image for us to be committing idolatry. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5, Colossians 3, 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an Idolater. Worshipping the things of the world. You worship the things of the world. You are an idolater. (laughs) Identity, material things, job, status, physical appearance, entertainment, social media, sex, comfort, technology, family, children, influence, fame, popularity. Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Where do you get your joy? What is always on your mind? Tim Keller writes in his book, Counterfeit Gods, an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God and anything that you seek to give, uh, that seek to give you what only God can give. So if I didn't mention it, fill in the blank. This is a serious thing, family. You will have worldly repercussions as well as spiritual ones. The lack of self-control today will always lead to idolatry. Idolatry will always lead to absolute ruin, both on earth and in eternity. And we got to know, and we got to know, and we better know that God will do something about our rebellion and our idolatry today. The hand of God will come. Point number two: God is going to bring ruin. God is capable of bring, bringing ruin. He is. And he's not just bringing ruin, but he's bringing the ripping you down and exposing nothing but the foundation's ruin, stripped to nothing. All of her idols will be destroyed by God. All of it will be taken away. Any of the treasure you had, all the value, all that you have gained by your rebellion and by your idolatry will be consumed. It will be gone the prostitution mentioned here is probably referring to their idolatrous worship and rebellion which would actually include prostitution and fornication but the precious treasures that adorned their temples the treasures and value that they had in their homes the institutions that they had all of these things in samaria had been the gains from those who engaged in false worship to the, uh, the false worship that was happening there all that was gained by their false worship all that was gained by their rebellion And when the city is overthrown, these treasures, everything that you gain, everything that you hold of value, all these gains, all these valuables will be carried off and taken by the enemy to adorn the temples and the homes and the institution of their gods, of their rebellion. The wealth, it's interesting here when you read this, the wealth of the righteous here is stored up for the wicked. Wow. The wicked, the sinful, the unbelievers are going to gain from our judgment. When God brings judgment to us, he will tear all that we built down and turn it into nothing. Oh man, this is why it's so important for us to see this. It's so important for us to get this. I mean, I mean, we we got this society and and the churches today that are trying to characterize God as this Santa Claus that's up there. Even one prominent uh, uh, a preacher's daughter said on national television that she believes the Holy Spirit is like the genie from Aladdin. Family, it's nonsense what's happening, but it's infecting us and it's trickling down to affect the masses. And it's going on and on and on and people do not realize that our God, the living God, is capable of doing this and stripping you down to nothing. God will bring us to ruin. Family, we got to remember this. God will bring us to ruin. Don't think that today we are somehow special. That, oh, God did it back then to, to Judah and Israel. He He's not going to do that to us. Come on, we're under the new covenant. We're under this. Don't think that you are somehow special. Romans chapter 11, verses 19 to 21. Romans eleven nineteen 19 to 21. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, remember Those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God didn't spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Did you hear that? God didn't spare Israel, God didn't spare the original branches. If he didn't spare them, don't you dare think that he will spare you. God took all that they had gained by their rebellion and their idolatry. Gave it to those who were going to plunder them. Watch what's happening to them. God is taking all that they have gained by their sin and rebellion, and he's going to give it to their enemies to bring increase to their exploits. God will judge us by giving our valuables to our enemies to add to their fortune and glory. Not just take it away, but rub our noses in it. Not just rob, but we will be humiliated. Shane, Shane, Shane. That's just mean. God, Why is God being so mean? I mean, sure, plunder them. But does he have to humiliate them? Does he have to rub their noses in it? Does he have to do all of that type of stuff? We got to get this, family. We got to get this. So important. We're only getting the divine punishment that is deserving of the crime we've committed against who we committed against. Destitute, demeaned, stripped, humiliated, ravished, robbed. Family, we all deserve this. This is what we gotta get today. We gotta make sure that this is clear in us today. We all deserve this. Do we not remember who it is that we're fooling with? Oh man, do you not think that there's going to be serious consequences for those of us who rebel against the living God? Do we not think that the punishment that you would receive from transgressing and rebelling in complete defiance against the God who created the heavens and earth, do you think that that's going to be a punishment that's just normal? I mean, come on. You remember what I said when we talked last week about the crime against the King of England? If you're going to do something criminal against the King of England, do you think you're going to get the same punishment that everybody else gets? Now, how much you want to bet that it's cruel An unusual punishment. We would do that for the king of England, but not for the king of kings. We would not expect that. It would be a punishment done to the fullest extent, an unusual punishment. Yes, for an unusual crime. Now understand that this crime is against the living God, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, unusual punishment. But if we understand the transcendent nature of our God, then we would understand that any form of punishment is going to be unusual and it's going to be deserved. How huge is that? This is the beauty of the minor prophets. It gives us a clear and sober understanding of what God will and will not do. Stop telling the world what you think God will and will not do. Because all we are doing is demeaning God and the fear that we should have against the, uh, with this transcendent being is going to be dis- diminished. Diminished where we think that sins against God is less than sins against the King of England. we got to stop doing this. We have got to communicate to the world who God is and what God is capable of and to let every single person know that even though it may seem like this is cruel and unusual punishment, it is just the punishment that comes for the crime against the living God. Of course it's going to be unusual. Because we don't really realize who we're fooling with, do we? Of course, it's going to be. And even if that's the case, I don't need to explain that to you. Everything that God does is good, right? If He did it, it's good. And we trust it, we rest in it. Why is this important? It's clear because you do realize that when God punished Christ for our sins, Christ didn't just die, did he? He was despised, he was rejected, he was humiliated, he was brought down to the lowest of the lows, where the King of Kings and Lord of Lords were nailed to the cross and crucified and killed just like a criminal. Oh yeah, our punishment deserved more than just death. Why is this important? Family, it's important because this stuff is not a game. That's what it's starting to feel like in our country today. Christianity, all this stuff, is just a game to people today. Run, believe whatever you want, chase after fads, chase after all of these things, hop from church to church, do all kinds of stuff, Don't listen to the truth. Do whatever it is that you want. Feeling like as long as you come to church that you punched in your time clock and God's gonna count that for something. I don't know what that something would be, but He's gonna count it for something. We just think that it's a game. This is a serious thing. We're playing Christianity when the cost is terrible and the cost is eternal. When we sin, we are sinning against the living God. Anything false that's attributed to the living God is a serious, serious sin. We keep messing with Christ today. We keep testing the Father today. We keep grieving the Holy Spirit today and we think it's all fun and games. We think God's not going to do something about it. That's how it seems like we're acting. Our church leaders think it's all fun and games and it's making them rich. The punishment will be unusual and will we'll will all be terrible, shaken even for those who are not judged. It's fun and games until someone is judged in hell for eternity. We will mess around with the Bible. We continue to mess around with church leaders. We continue to mess around with church worship, prayer, praise, community, church relations, church relationships, And judgment comes. And what will you do? Family, we got Christians driving around with Jesus bobblehead dolls on their dashboard. With sunglasses on, his tongue sticking out, a beer in his hand, his thumb up and says, Jesus is my homeboy. I kid you not when we see Jesus again he is not going to have a t-shirt on with thumbs up. I guarantee that. But Shane can we be saved from this judgment? Absolutely we can. Yes, it's true that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's true that we are all by nature children of wrath. It's true that the wages of sin is death. It's true that there is no one righteous, no, not one. It's true that no one, there is no one who always does good and never sins. It, but family, it's also true that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross that we may be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds. We are healed. Yes, judgment is coming, but salvation is here right now. And in Titus, for the grace of God has been revealed. Titus 2, 11 to 14. Titus 2, 11 to 14. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasure. We should live in this world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Man, the gospel of Jesus and the promises continue to bring us hope and comfort that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, you will have life in his name. Man, that's awesome. So yeah, do you know why I preach judgment hard? Because I get to preach salvation just as hard. You know why I preach the wrath of God really hard? Because I can preach the grace of God really hard too. There is a reality in this. And for those of us, the leaders of of the church, we need to pray for our leaders today. Not just for their sake, but for our sake too. That we would be bold and stand for what is true. That we will be bold and face what we need to face. One of my pastor friends today says, man, Shane, he goes, I went and looked at your TikTok. You're not really popular there, are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, they hate me. Oh, yeah, a lot of these guys, they hate me. But I take comfort in this. They hated Christ before me. And I get to suffer with Christ. And if there's any kind of suffering I can share with Christ, that's awesome suffering. And for that, family, I take joy. But always knowing my place. And I think for many leaders today, we all struggle. Pastors, we struggle with this. I I struggle with this. You know, because of how society is and how it looks upon me and about culture and all this stuff, and, you know, that I'm seen as a failure if I don't have a big church, if it's not a booming church, if it's not this and just always people are always calling you a failure and all of this kind of stuff. But the reality is, family, for not just leaders, but for all of us, the count said it. Family, we preach the gospel, we die. And we absolutely make sure that we are forgotten. Did you guys hear that? Huge. You preach the gospel, you die, and you make sure that every moment of every day that people are thinking of Christ, not you. Do you know? Did you know that when they go to Egypt to excavate, They don't find anything about Joseph. Nothing. Family, we make our name of no reputation. We don't build our legacy. We build his. And our existence is that we decrease and Christ always increases. With every breath I take, I decrease and Christ increases. We can rejoice today. Salvation is here. Restoration is here. And it's found in Christ and in Christ alone. Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. For more information about Central Baptist Church, go to www.cbcaurora.com.